0: Who is there for heroes of the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans and who helps our nation to never forget nine 11? Let me tell you who the ton towers foundation, the foundation's gold star fallen first responder, smart home and homeless veteran programs comprise their in the line of duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at t2t.org. That's T the number two T dot org.
4: You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Very special guest on this episode. Many of you will know him from his omnipresent Internet presence. The formidable Dave Rubin of the Rubin Report Show, which you can all watch on Rumble and listen to the podcast. And uh, Mr. Rubin it is an honor. Good to have you here, sir.
3: Fuck, I'm feeling very overdressed. I'm wearing like a very well fitting jacket, nice shirt today, and you're in a black t-shirt. There's, um, a, there's a there's an asymmetry here that I don't know that we're going to be able to get past.
0: I think we're just going to have to roll with it. Uh, we we go casual for the podcast here. You got to remember, I'm a radio. I feel leader. like I'm your agent right now. You're, you're like uh, <laughs> or. These days, I feel like lawyer might be the uh, the way people are thinking. That might be better, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think that you're you're used to being a video TV personality. I remember the old days, not that long ago, when as a radio host, uh, you could just sit there and wear like a, the biggest, slumpiest sweatshirt you have, and nobody even knew. Now everything is streaming, Dave. We've entered this new world where everyone's streaming all the time.
3: You know, Buck, I don't know if you know this, but I, I actually started in, in a broadcast sense. My first show ever was on Sirius XM. This is maybe 15 years ago, quite some time ago. But yeah, I remember wandering around the halls over at Sirius XM, and you know, they were at the time I, I don't know who's left on on Sirius Now, but back then, a lot of big celebrities, and obviously Howard Stern and everybody else. And you'd walk past these guys thinking that they were like these ultra-elite people, and everybody basically looked like crap. And was wearing sweatpants and holes in their shirts and everything else. You've never seen Martha Stewart without makeup. It ain't pretty, I'll tell you that much.
0: Fair enough. What do you think of her on the cover of a swimsuit issue, though?
3: I've never been gayer. It made me a little gayer, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> I, I thought you looked good. I mean, you, you know, good, it's but, like, you know. I saw it. It's like with airbrushing, they can do anything. They, you know what I mean? Like they could, they could literally do anything between airbrushing and AI.
0: So this isn't, I know we could talk about like the future of the country and all that stuff in a second. Um, I I think though, that we're entering an era where, uh, between, um, what's this uh, between Ozempic, TRT, anabolic steroids, filters, and, uh, you know, Photoshop. It's like, no, no, no one really knows what anyone looks like based on their public persona anymore, right? (laughs) Like it's all, there are a million ways to, to put your hand on the scale one way or another.
3: Dude, not only that, oh, that's all the visual stuff. But, you know, with AI now and everything else they can do with your voice and deep fakes, it's like we are really, I mean, joking aside, we are like sort of at the uncanny valley right now where we do not know in three years it would be very possible for them to put up the president of the United States has announced that we have just nuked China and how many people will fall for it for, and will have every reason to fall for it. Because it will look exactly right. It'll look like it's at the Rose Garden. It'll sound like the president and everything else. So it, it's going to be a big mess. A- so here's
0: here's what I see coming, Dave, in the I think in the 2024 election cycle, this is even likely to happen. And it's uh, it doesn't even have to be something that really confuses people at, at the at, at the top level down. Right. So it's not like CNN and The New York Times have to say, oh, well, do we think this video is real. They can even put out there, oh, this is unverified or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there'll still be a lot of people with these AI deepfakes who believe it and vote on it. I mean, I think it was 30 percent of Democrats as of the Biden administration still believe Russia collusion happened. And at one point it was like 70 percent. Right. So if you see a video of something, even if it could be fake, You'll believe whatever you want to believe at this point, at least for a lot of people. You know, that's a
3: that's a great point. If you think about all of the lies over the last couple of years, so, you know, Russiagate, all of the COVID lies, Jesse Smollett, Brett Kavanaugh is a serial rapist, Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist, the Covington kids are all racist. Like, if you just go through all the lies, that's all without deep fakes and AI. So you're right. Once we now add this into the mix, if you think of how many people, you know, are basically NPCs, non-playable characters who just believe whatever it is that the machine spits at them at any given day. Oh man. I was, I was having a very hopeful day till we started this. And now I've realized we're in a lot of trouble. I thought we were turning the corner and freedom was about to win.
0: I, I always think that until I wake up in the morning and I look at what's going on all over the interwebs, Dave, yeah, then waking then feels, up is terrible. And then it feels pretty sad to me. Yeah, no, I understand it's the old, the older I get, the more I appreciate, uh, you know, alternate reality dreams that we can all have. And and now I guess but AI. you live in Florida,
3: man, you live in Florida. It's going to be just fine here. All hell's going to be breaking loose everywhere else. And we'll be, it'll be the end. I mean, I accept that Florida will be the last place standing and it could be a little messy at the end, but you've been to my place. Like we could hang out. I got a basketball court, whatever you need. It, man.
0: it is nice. I do. You're familiar though. With I have a, the con- I have a decent sized fence, uh, by the way. What, what, what was that?
3: I have a decent sized fence. I think it's about six foot. Around the perimeter,
0: so very nice. Saying, well, I have uh, a lot of weapons, so if the zombie apocalypse happens, uh, uh, I'll show up. You know what I mean? You, uh, you, and, and and the husband, you guys can can uh, give me a safe refuge, and I'll keep the zombies off your property.
3: Yeah, so, we'll get you up top with a sniper rifle. I've got a full house generator. We got a lot of baby food here. You're good. You're good. I mean, really. I'll
0: tell you why The Walking Dead was such a an incredibly popular show because every. Second Amendment enthusiast out there, their (laughs) fondest hope is that in the zombie apocalypse, they get to be like the one guy in the in the band of of survivors who's got that that AR-15 like ready to go with their EOTech sighted in. And they're just they're just popping zombies left and right. Like there is nothing more exciting than that.
3: Unless you're the chick with the two big knives with the dreadlocks and she uh, kept them on a leash. Remember, oh, remember she, had her?
0: Katana, she had a katana sword, I believe. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. was
3: something else. That one, whatever happened to her.
0: So, so you watched that series? Look, I, I would not have. I watched.
3: Uh, I watched the first four or five season, then and then actually, I know the exact episode that I stopped watching. I think it was the. I think it was season five, episode one. Remember when they had that very. Graphic thing of all of them kind of sitting in a circle, and the guy starts clubbing them with the baseball bat, breaking oh, I couldn't. Their
0: I, I stopped after that. Yeah, I couldn't. I,
3: I literally stopped halfway through that episode. I said, "You know what? I love zombie movies. I love sci-fi. I love dystopia. I love murder and mayhem." And I was just like, "We're just putting this one down now."
0: And yeah, that was I, the thought, last episode I thought. I thought it, it achieved a, a level of nihilism. I got pretty close, I'll be honest. There are sometimes I thought the first two seasons of Game of Thrones were like some of the best TV I had seen at that time ever. But mm-hmm. there were different points in that series, too, where it felt to me like, is this just is this just nihilistic sadism for its own sake? Like, what really is the point here? And then the final season or two or final season, I guess. I think everyone kind of um, agreed. With me. Right, David, we have to save the country. So as much as I want to talk to you about all the fun things out there, we can talk about more. <laughs> well, fun all things. right,
3: let's do Game of Thrones reality version. Trump DeSantis. What's going to happen?
0: Uh, let's use that as a teaser because I've got. A wonderful sponsor that I have to talk about for one second here, David. So just give me one second. We'll cut Trump DeSantis. I'll have
3: a sip of coffee while you do.
0: I I'm going to let make sure everyone knows your Twitter handle so they can yell at you for what you're going to say about Trump DeSantis. But uh, we we had our friend Pete Hegseth on earlier in the week, and he I mean he might be Trump's Secretary of Defense. You know what I mean? So like it's he's in he's in okay. We're getting it coming from uh, all different sides here of the equation. All right, we'll come back to this in a second. Computers are sophisticated technology. They carry a lot of information. They store a lot of your documents and photos, no matter how many you load onto that device, but they're not indestructible. Like any other item you own, they can break and fail, and when that happens, it's often at the most inconvenient time. So do yourself a favor and back up the data you have on your computer while it's working beautifully. The company to rely on for this is iDrive. Their online cloud-based backup storage systems are second to none. You download their data and then schedule how often you want to regularly back up the data that's on your computer. Once you've done that, then anytime you need to re obtain the data on your computer, you can go online from a different computer and reclaim your most recent download. iDrive's data backups have military grade encryption, meaning it's secure and only you can access it with your password. Plans start at less than $7 a month. Use my name, Buck, as the promo code at checkout for 90% off that for the first year. iDrive.com. That's iDrive.com. Use promo code Buck. You get 90% off the first year. It's a great thing to have, great backup system. Uh, I'm the process of writing a book, Dave, you know, it's like anytime, even if you've only written one page, the thought of losing that page just gives you absolute panic attacks, right? You're like, especially page
3: one. That's a key to the whole thing.
0: You're like, I'm my life is just disappearing because the computer, you know, spit out my page the wrong way or something. All right. So, uh, Trump DeSantis, let it rip. My friend, we, 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 uh, tell everybody where you stand and why.
3: Okay, look, here we go. I did not vote for Trump the first time. I did not know who I was going to vote for as I went to the ballot box on that November in 2015. I hated Hillary. I, was, I wasn't there yet on Trump. I ended up voting for Gary Johnson because I had had him on the show he likes weed. I was like, ah, all right. I'll just now do now it. I know
0: why I, you have a sense of humor about yourself. You voted for Gary Johnson, for God's sake. Right, anyway, he was hard. He
3: was a hard, you know, I'm mostly libertarian. I know you have a lot of libertarian beliefs, too, but he was a horrible libertarian candidate. I mean, the guy just he was I, Aleppo was the highlight of the campaign. Well, let's not get lost on Gary Johnson. Point is, I did not vote for Trump. However, and you can find this video on YouTube or wherever else the day after Trump. Was inaugurated. I put out a video. I didn't even have a studio yet because I had just moved into a new home. So I did a, a video off my phone in my backyard, construction in the background, saying, Look, Trump's the president now. And I think we got to give this guy a chance because what if he doesn't get us into wars? What if the economy's doing well? Uh, and I laid out a series of other what ifs that might be positive. And he basically nailed all of those things until COVID. I obviously supported him. Big time, the second time around, I was at rallies in L.A. all the time. The Trump rallies loved every second of it. I've interviewed Trump. I've been to Mar-a-Lago. I'm friends with several of the kids. They're a good family. He was a good president. Did he screw up some stuff? The wall didn't get done. He bungled COVID and, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and all that. However, all of that being said, that does not mean all the good parts of him. He he red pilled everybody. He woke us up to CNN, his fake news and the failing New York Times, all the stuff. Right. But that does not mean he should be king forever. And it is fairly obvious to me as a new Floridian in the past year and a half. And and I think you're uh, how how long are you even less than that? Right.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, gosh, I can't even do the math. Call it eight months.
3: Yeah. Right. You're not even a year. But you've seen how incredibly well run this state is. Uh, And it's in large part because of Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis created a bastion of freedom in the craziest time in modern American history, not only did the COVID stuff right, uh, but has done virtually everything right. And not only that he did everything right, every single thing, and and I would welcome you or anyone watching this to, to find the flaw in this. What has he set out to do that he has not accomplished since he has been governor? He got everything done he has tried to get done. He did the Disney thing. We've gotten wokeness out of schools. He's fighting everybody across the board. We have a surplus in Florida. Uh, We get 1.3 million people have moved here in less than three years, 1,200 people a day. Our infrastructure, which is stretched because of our success, is building super fast. He's cutting regulation related to building. I mean, everything is working here. And that is the blueprint that I think has to be exported to America. On top of the fact that Trump, whether you like Trump or not, what was the main thing that, that all the, the people on the fence, you know, there's not many people in America that can move. You have your Republicans, you have your Democrats. And then there's this, this question. I, I don't know what it is. Is it 20%? Is it 10%? Of this middle ground people, that those are the ones that can move, right? Well, what did most of those people say about Trump? They were like, well, you know what? I like the policy. I just don't like the grab and by the pussy and I don't like the tweets, blah, blah, blah. Well, here you have with DeSantis, a 44-year-old. He's younger than me. 44-year-old father of three uh, with a great wife in Casey DeSantis, good man. There's no reason to believe they're gonna find any crazy skeletons in his closet. He believes in this country. There aren't gonna be scandals. I think he's given us everything that we could want out of a politician. I don't worship politicians at all, at all. And they will always let you down. But every now and again, especially in a crazy time like we've been in in these last four years or whatever you wanna say, uh, somebody shows up. Somebody shows up and and is ready to do it. And I think when that person shows up, you got to back them and it's just very clear. And just one other thing on this, that's why I've been hitting Trump the way I have, because there is a case to be made for Trump. The case to be made for Trump is, hey, before COVID, I was rolling, man, and we didn't get into wars and Russia wasn't in Ukraine and everything else, lowest all-time black unemployment, blah, blah, blah. But instead of making that case, Trump every day, basically for the last three months, has woke up, got onto Truth Social and lied about DeSantis and or Florida. The attacks make no sense. He's not a rhino. If, if Ron DeSantis is a rhino, then everyone's a rhino because he's done everything a conservative could have ever wanted. Some things that are more conservative than, than I would even want. Uh, the six-week uh, abortion thing, for example. I know that's not, I'm not in line with most conservatives on that. I'm just showing you that I have some difference of opinion with the guy. Um, but you know, Trump lying about Florida, pretending New York was better on COVID, uh, some, I mean, there's some stuff that's not even, that I don't even want to repeat some of the things that he's said about DeSantis. So that's been why I've had to push back on him the way that I have. So but can, I will I, say this. Oh, yeah. Go
0: ahead, go ahead, and then I've got a question. Well, I'll just go say,
3: ahead. one. no, 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 one last thing. Although I obviously want DeSantis to be president, and I think he could be a Reagan-esque, transformative president, getting us through woke, showing us how to deal with the mainstream media, good family man in the White House. I think it's all great. If this thing ends uh, in a year and a half, and it's now it's January 25, and Donald Trump is the president and Ron DeSantis is my governor, I will be fine with that. What I do not want is Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or, God forbid, Gavin Newsom. So,
0: that? that's, a, that's a perfect transition point, Dave, because when you come back, I, I just want to ask you, let's assume for a second that, uh, I was going to say Biden, pardon me, DeSantis wins the primary and is up against Biden in the general election. He will
3: not be up to, against Biden. They will take... By, there is no okay. chance in hell. Okay, all
0: right. Yeah. Let's, co- let's come back to that, because yeah. I was going to say, people on the, the... A lot of the Trump voters that I speak to say, DeSantis can't win. Can't win against... Can't win a national-level election. He's a governor. He's not a president, right? That's what they say. We can get to that, but first, I want to get to your Biden thing, but we have to hold because we have a wonderful sponsor we have to talk about here for a second, Dave. You know how it goes. Take the guesswork out of where you're going to find the energy and focus to make every day a solid one. Rely on Chalk's male vitality stack as a solution. This is a supplement set made with only all natural ingredients. The leading ingredient has been proven in studies to improve testosterone levels in men's bodies by some 20% in the first three months of regular usage. That's the source of energy in a man's body, testosterone. There are many more benefits that come from daily consumption of Chalk's male vitality stack, each of them setting you up to maximize your day. You're going to find Chalk products online where you can buy them directly and establish this relationship with the people at this excellent Texas-based company called Chalk. They're going to give you 35% off your Chalk subscription for life when you order now. Go online to Chalk.com. That's spelled C-H-O-Q.com. Get that 35% off when you use my name, Buck. That's B-U-C-K in the purchase process. We have two fantastic things to get to right now with Mr. Dave Rubin of the Rubin Report. First off. Joe Biden's not going to be. You're on the Bill O'Reilly side of this. I want to tell you, Bill and I have had a few uh, we've had a few back and forths on the radio over this one. I say it's going to be Biden. They don't care. They would roll Biden out with a blanket across his knees, drooling and feeding him applesauce. And they'll, they'll say so this is the Democrat nominee because they just, you know, nothing matters. They don't care. You say no. Tell me why. Tell me why and what happens.
3: Well, first off, I probably could make both your arguments because on one hand, I can make your argument that no matter how bad it is with Biden, whether he has completely zombified and he's drooling and all the stuff that so many people are so bamboozled by mainstream media and everything else that they could roll him out there as a vegetable and people would still say that he won the debate. So I can make, I can make that argument. The other argument, I haven't heard Bill make it, but uh, my argument would be that the, the juxtaposition, good word, that's a good word for you, Buck, The juxtaposition of having Ron DeSantis, 44 years old, in complete command of all of the issues. Uh, You know, DeSantis, we've been to events together. This guy freaking remembers everything. He remembers where he was for every vote. He remembers the numbers of the votes, what people were wearing, blah, blah, blah. He has complete command of the ideas and, and America's history and everything else. The juxtaposition of that versus a bumbling, old, buffoonish Biden, and also you got to keep in mind, again, this is the, the debates will be about a year from now, a little more than a year from now. The, the level that he could still fall from where he's at now, which ain't good, is, could be quite significant. I just don't think they can risk putting that on stage. And the fact that we're seeing so much out of Gavin Newsom right now, and remember, Gavin Newsom, remember a couple of months ago, Biden took an international trip, and then Gavin Newsom magically appeared at the White House. That felt like a low-grade coup to me. There is just no doubt. You have, the Democrats are so freaking corrupt. Look, the Republicans suck. They screw us up all the time. They never do anything right once you give them a chance to do it. But I don't think they're downright evil. The Democrats are so evil. Just ask Bernie Sanders what they did to him last time. Just ask Tulsi Gabbard when she was the last one going against Biden, and Hillary said that she was a Russian asset, a woman who's in our military right now, literally right this moment, leading a brigade doing training. Um, these people are so corrupt that there is no doubt in my mind that if they have to figure out a way to get rid of Biden, I mean, that's just step one. If you get rid of Biden, now you have Kamala. They know they can't run Kamala. So now you got to figure out a way to get a man who I think is genuinely a lizard person from another planet, Gavin Newsom, soulless liver lizard person. You got to get him in. So the machinations and trickery, I just don't put anything by them. How about that?
0: I mean, I think that's a, Fair place to be. Um, I think it's interesting. Do you agree with my uh, co-host, Clay, that even though you know he's destroying the state of California, you find Gavin Newsom personally likable? This was a big, this no. was a big back and forth that Clay and I had. Clay um, thinks
3: he's likable?
0: Yeah, very.
3: He's, he's, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Uh, for I'll have to uh, discuss this. Yeah, Clay, you and Clay but-
0: should fight this one out because I, I mean, I, I think he's slick. I wouldn't, slick. I would never, I would never say I did call him evil Keanu Reeves once because that's kind of yeah. what he comes across like. See that that one works. Clay yeah. likes that one too. Um, but I, I think that people see there's just something so like unctuous, so just. Is like it's so sleazy with Gaddis. No, he's Newsom. the he's the
3: he's the bad guy in a Disney movie, or he's the bad guy in an '80s Schwarzenegger movie that's supposed to be the good guy the whole time and turns out to be the bad guy. He, yeah. He's so he's, fabricated. He's Bill and,
0: and Aliens. Remember that one? Oh, no, not, yes. not Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton's a good guy. No, no, no Paul Reiser. No. He's Paul Reiser yeah, yeah. in Aliens. There we go.
3: Paul Reiser in Aliens. He works for the company, right? right and then right. Uh, you find out some stuff. Yes, he is. He's deeply, deeply evil, I, and I really mean that. And what I mean by evil. I said this on Fox the other day and I was, I said, so they said, what do you think of him? I, I think I said something like he's an evil psychopath and, and it was on Fox business. The host was like, well, that's a bit much. And I was like, no, actually it's not everything. This man touches in the public sphere goes to uh, crap. whether it's San Francisco or California at large. Somehow though, his plump Jack winery, his 42 acres in Sonoma over there, they managed to stay open during COVID. Somehow the guy got to French laundry during COVID, blah, blah, blah. But on the likability factor, I, I really don't understand uh, Clay's position on that because he strikes me as the most inauthentic shell of a human being. That's why I call him a lizard person. There, there's no real person there. There's someone that is on an endless quest for power. That's all there is with him. I don't see how that's likable in in any way whatsoever. I, I don't. See, he doesn't strike me as pleasant or decent or fun. Even if I disagreed with the policies, you know, there are people you could go, okay, they're they're. Pleasant or likable, I suppose. I just disagree with them. But no, I get pure stench of death evil off that guy.
0: Wow, that's 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 a strong opinion on Gavin Newsom. I want to let's talk about the free speech battle here in a second. But more specifically, um, how you think Elon's doing with Twitter? I know you spent some time out there and how this is going to factor into not just the 2024 election, but politics going forward. Uh, You know, what are we going to do about Google? How's Rumble doing? All that kind of... Can we do some of that stuff? We'll come back, Dave, talk yeah. about this? Yeah, because you're very involved in Let's come in. back
3: and do that stuff. I have a let's
0: pen. I have go Let's do it. But first, very worthy cause out there, my friends. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation, their Let Us Do uh, Let us do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida, is a community that will have about 100 homes for the foundation's program participants when construction is finished. The first families have already moved in. They include a Gold Star family and the family of a severely injured war hero, who served our nation and moved into the community's first smart home. The Let Us Do Good Village is a special place where families can get together and heal. A community where the children of our nation's fallen or catastrophically injured heroes can grow up and experience life together. It's all thanks to an extraordinary donation of many acres of land and your generosity. Help America's greatest heroes and their families heal together. Make the Let Us Do Good Village the first of many communities like it. With every mortgage-free home, Tunnel to Towers Foundation makes good on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices our heroes have made for our country and our communities. Join me in donating $11 a month to Tunnel the to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, t.org. Is Twitter going to be the place where we can do all the things we need to do to have free speech online? Is Elon totally committed to actual freedom of speech? And is the force of uh, truth, justice, and the American way going to prevail? Tell me. <laughs>
3: Look, I, I've been up to Twitter a couple times. I, I've spent a few hours with Elon. Um, I think he is a really good human being. He really is. There, There is a softness and a decency and a thoughtfulness to him. I actually genuinely believe he bought Twitter for the right reasons. It's why he doesn't even want to bring it public now. You know, the thing is purging money. If he wanted to bring it public, meaning just get other investors involved and get shareholders back in to stop some of the bleeding, He could do that, but he doesn't want to do it because he wants to control it so that they can fix it. He has massive freaking problems there. They have, they no doubt have bad guys that are still there. You know, he fired, they had about 7,500 employees. He fired half of them. So they've got a little over 3000. He still has people he has to fire. He's not sure who all the bad guys are, meaning literally programmers that might be doing things that, uh, you know, might be shadow banning you or me. And he just doesn't know about it. So he has huge problems. The code is written incredibly horribly, as he described uh, to me in a a long Twitter thread that I put out after the first time I was there. Um, So they have huge, huge issues. You know, he's trying to go more into the video space, make it more of a a YouTube Rumble type competitor. There's a lot of work that has to be done by that. He also is still using uh, Amazon AWS, which is a big problem because if Amazon itself wanted to parlor him, they could, meaning, you know, right after January 6th, they didn't like Parler, and it was it had nothing to do with January sixth. That was the excuse. Uh, but Parler was the new guy. They were getting twenty three monthly million uh, unique users, and they just flip a switch. Amazon blows them up. So he has a problem there. I mean, he definitely has some weak points. Uh, all that being said, I think he will continue to fight the good fight. And you know, in terms of what he's done, say with Twitter Spaces, the DeSantis announcement, he's had uh, RFK on. He's offered it to every presidential candidate. I think that's all good. Uh, but Buck, as you and I have talked about before over drinks, Twitter seems off. Still the engagement seems very bizarre. It's hard to make sense of any of it. Things that I used to write that would literally get 10,000 retweets within three minutes, you know, now get a hundred likes or something. And people's behaviors change by the way. I don't think everything's up to conspiracy, but something kind of doesn't feel right. Uh, you know, he also had that comment where he said, uh, what was it? Um, we'll have freedom of speech, but not freedom of reach. And that's a very slippery slope because, okay, we, we're not going to ban you outright for your speech, but we can depress the views. That's actually more subversive in a weird way, especially if you don't know the rules around that. So I think he's got a lot of crap to deal with. Uh, I can tell you this, and you know, I'm, I'm part owner of Rumble because I, I started Locals.com, which eventually merged. We are a free speech platform, period. As long as you do not break the laws of the United States, you can put on whatever you want. You can title your videos, whatever you want. You can gender anyone the way you want. And, uh, and we are fighting very, very hard for free speech. As a matter of fact, we are not on in France right now, Rumble, because the government of Rumble, uh, they were upset that we had RT, Russia Today, uses Rumble. They said, you got to get RT off or we're going to take you off in France. And we said, we're not going to do it. And we are no longer on in France because Chris Pavlovsky, who's the CEO, the guy's standing up for our principles. There's a cost, of course, by not being on in France. And, you know, people always have ways with VPNs or whatever to get around it but uh, the point is we we have an incredible team of people that are fighting for the right things and uh that's why we merged in the first place that's why I did it. Zut
0: Not on in France. Uh, Sacre you, bleu. I was I was we're going to go Sacre so, so here's the thing Sacre bleu all my French friends all like three yes. of them my whole life they're like that's not a french thing that's a French Canadian thing. And I'm like, oh, we're supposed to we're supposed to, you know, differentiate between like the mounties and nah, the nah, baguette nah, eaters nah, 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 nah. over in France. Like, it's all the same thing.
3: No, we're Americans. It's a miracle we know the difference between Mexico and Canada. It's a fair point. Mexico's the one up north, right?
0: Fair enough. So are we doing much better than we uh, going into this election? I think people forget that in 2020, we were at a an absolute low point of free speech online for conservative voices, right? COVID stuff, BLM stuff, a lot of there was a lot of just different suppression, you know. Oh, this is anti-science, right? And, and, and all and all that stuff. Do you think that we're in a better place now? And what has to happen for us to be able to line up the artillery pieces of free speech on our side so that we can start to match? the censorious and totalitarian impulses of the Democrat side.
3: Well, I would say, broadly speaking, we're in a better situation, right? YouTube is rolling back some of their election stuff so that you can question that. They're changing some things related to gender uh, pronouns and all that. And obviously, Twitter exists with Elon now, and there are alternative platforms like Rumble. So, broadly speaking, we're in a better situation. I think the thing that I'm worried about more so is that as we all kind of go off in our own little corners and you know, the people that listen to my show have a certain sense of the world and it's pretty somewhat similar, obviously to the people that listen to you and clay. Um, But that's very, very different than the person that watches MSNBC. It's very different than the person. I don't even know what the YouTube equivalent of either one of us is. I can't even believe that anyone watches these miserable lefties talk politics, but okay, I guess they exist somewhere. Uh, But we are increasingly all just living in our separate world. So for example, you know, when, if you, did you see this the other day on Sunday night was the Tony awards. And one of the actresses from Hamilton gets up there and she says that Ron DeSantis is the grand wizard of the KKK. And it's like, I get it. She's just being provocative and stupid, but they all applaud like seals and they throw them little fish and it's great. Okay, fine. But the fact that that is a joke that anyone laughs at, or even thinks is remotely true, or that there's anything close to racism being tolerated in Florida, or that you can't be gay in Florida, or whatever it might be, it shows that we are so out of whack with each other that I don't know how you bridge that divide. So that's not a direct answer to your question on free speech as sort of like the, the banner version of it. But I am worried about the disconnect that we all have from each other. And, you know, look, we all have this thing, we all have apps, and the question is, how, how do we have anything that will bring us to some sort of national cohesion beyond just tragedy, right? Like, I don't want another 9-11 so that we can suddenly all be like, oh, I guess we could have let go of some of that petty nonsense. But in a weird way, it feels like that's the only thing that can bring us together now. Because it, goodness is, is portrayed as evil by these guys. The goodness that you and I know of Florida, where it's working and it's American and it's great and it's flourishing and all those things, that is portrayed every single day as evil on The View and on MSNBC and CNN. And whether we like it or not, people watch those things. Less and less people, but people do. And I don't know how you, do you, do you have any idea? Like, how do we get over that, that chasm?
0: I, I worry that we're increasingly not only in in a political world of uh, dueling propaganda machines, but that people are now being forced to increasingly uh, adopt not just wrong but anti-truth positions like the the polar opposite of truth to be part of a political tribe like that's and and I think that this is on the left all over the place now and that's why the atomization of the media that's occurring is well for people like us an opportunity it's interesting it also shows you that we we're not arguing over the same facts anymore right
3: well, that's why, that's why when Trump went crazy on Florida, remember that Friday where he put out that truth social post and just, yeah, and Florida I was like, awful. I, with I, was, I ac- was like, this is
0: crazy guys. I love, I, I love Trump in so many ways, but Florida's awesome and he knows it and everyone knows it. And this is garbage and I got a lot of heat for it, but I don't care because I'm not living in the right. reality. Well, well, Buck, you, you and I have
3: discussed this over drinks many times. Like at the end of the day, if for us to do what we do for a living, all I can do is tell people what I think. And sometimes they're going to like it. And sometimes they aren't right? But if I was to wake up every morning and be like, oh, what does my audience want? Or I'm a little scared of this section of my audience or whatever, I'd be freaking miserable. And honestly, I would, I would do something else, right? Like, I really mean that. I really mean that. So I think you're similar in that regard. You tell people what you think. And sometimes you're going to take callers that are pissed at you. And sometimes people who agree with you. But I think ultimately most people, uh, and it may not be the commenters on YouTube, but most people actually respect people that they feel are being authentic about things. Because that comes across. So you know, Gavin Newsom, for example, is deeply inauthentic. That's what I would say. So that's why I want to ask Clay about it because I don't know how someone could be so inauthentic and also likable. I don't, I don't see how those two things can coexist at the same time. Um, but that's why when Trump went on that crazy anti-Florida tirade, and I really was going after him that day because it felt like you're attacking my home. You're attacking my family. You're attacking the place that was the refuge for literally... Uh, hundreds of thousands and ultimately over a million Americans uh, when COVID was going crazy. I, I just did a, a bunch of stops in Europe and everywhere there. You're from Florida. You moved to Florida. Dave, how's, how's life in Florida? Florida's America. But people love Florida. They love DeSantis. So when he did that, and by the way, you know, when he did that, the night before, he had 12 Florida congresspeople at Mar-a-Lago who all uh, announced that they were supporting him. Then at 9 a.m. the next morning on Truth Social, he puts up a post saying how horrible Florida is. So he gets these Congress people in there for a fancy dinner at Mar-a-Lago, and it's very nice, we've both been there. But then the next morning, he throws them all under the bus. And it's like, how many times has he done this? How many times has he done this? But I get it, I get the point. A certain set of people are gonna excuse it no matter what, and you you just have to slog through, I suppose.
0: Dave Rubin, everybody, everybody check out the Rubin Report uh, on Rumble, right? That's the home of the Rubin Report, I would assume.
3: That is the home of the Rubin Report. Uh, It's also on the YouTube for as long as they'll let us be there. And, uh, you know, we're on the other podcast platforms. And sometimes I'm just wandering around the streets in Florida and people can find me. And that's nice, too.
0: Dave, I will see see you at the home with the fancy sushi at the party soon, my friend. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Thank you for not doxing me, but yes, there will be sushi. Who is there for heroes of the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who, the Tunnel Towers Foundation. The Foundation's gold star, fallen first responder, smart home, and homeless veteran programs comprise their in-the-line-of-duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T the number two, T dot org.